Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Andrew Porter Show, 12.01. Welcome in. You can read me at CBSPhillysports.com. Listen and subscribe to my Pulse of Philly podcast on iTunes. Tweet me at A-N-D underscore Porter. 888-729-9494 gets you in. And I, and I posted this poll question on my Twitter, and this is what we're talking about because we're in the interesting business. And I opened up and I said, look, it, Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. This is a 4 for 4 sports town. It's a sports radio station. It's not an Eagles station. It's not a Philly station. It's not a Sixers station. It's not a Flyers station. Obviously, it sounds like an Eagles station most of the time, but that's because we're, it's an interesting business. We're in, the, we're in the entertainment business, and what you guys like to hear and listen and talk about is football. The NFL dominates. But to me, there's no doubt about it. Right now, it's not even close, and 52% of 600-plus votes agree with me. The Sixers are the most interesting team in the city right now. And that's indicative because it's July 10th or June 10th. It's indicative because the NBA draft is looming. It's indicative because it's OTAs and nobody, the Eagles are, it's, it's fodder. It's NFL nonsense time. Um, it's indicative because the Sixers are very close in building something special. And I talked about this and I said, there's two really possible outcomes for the Sixers right now. And that's what's exciting about it. And one outcome is Joel Embiid never really surfaces and never plays and he never becomes anything and he gets hurt and his career dies out. But the other option is really, 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 really exciting because the other option is he does have a long career alongside Ben Simmons and you're really looking at a potential dynasty with the Sixers because, maybe not dynasty, but but at least sustained, sustained success and playoff success because of the way the NBA is set up, if you if you hit and if you can capture that strong stability of an NBA team, you're going to have success for multiple seasons, especially if you have young stars. In football, you just don't know. There's so, too many variables, too many things that can happen. It's really hard to to pinpoint a time where team, you know, the Patriots have done it, and the Eagles did it with Donovan and Andy, but it's just hard to do because it, there's so many things that go up and down. You look at the Steelers and the Giants and teams that go from eight and eight to nine and ten or to 9-10 wins and stuff like that. The Falcons and, and the Ravens and all these teams go you know, up and down the pendulum. That's the way the NFL works, and, and it, it's harder to you know, capture that. The Flyers are obviously, they have more work to do than the Sixers. They're, they're building there, but they have a lot of work to do, and then the Phillies are years away. So you look at the Sixers, and it's exciting. It's promising. It's fun to talk about. We're weeks away from the draft, and they're really they're on the precipice of something special here. Ed Crass, who uh, writes for the 
He's an Eagles beat writer for the Calkins Media, Bucks County Courier Times. And I have respect for Ed. I'm sure he's been in business for a while, but he um, really is mad at me now because I said that. <laughs> I said the, the Sixers are more interesting. And he says, uh, he says, you know, he, he quoted the tweet, you must not be around town for a while. You just got here, something like that. And I was like, okay, I've been here my whole life. But I said, interesting, not popular. The Eagles are more popular because the NFL is more popular. But in the course of Philadelphia history, the team that's dominated the city is the team that's been the most interesting and the team that's been the most successful. Like it was the Flyers in the 70s. It was the Sixers in the 80s. It was, it was the Phillies in 08. It was, it was, you know, when teams make a run, we gravitate towards those teams. And when teams get more, it's just like any city. But, I mean, obviously the natural inclination is if all, if all is status quo, the Eagles are the most interesting because every game is interesting and we watch the NFL. We, we watch NFL nationally. We don't watch Nash, We don't watch Cardinals Brewers on a Sunday night because we don't care. We don't watch Predators Penguins because we don't care. It's a cute story. La Violette, go, pe- go Predators. We don't care. We just don't. And, and, you know, we don't watch those games nationally. We watch our local teams and we watch the NFL. So that's why it's more popular. But right now in Philadelphia, the Eagles are not interesting. They're just not. It just doesn't matter. The, like the, the OTA, and just because beat writers, just because they have a ton of beat writers tweeting about every play in the OTAs doesn't make it more interesting than the Sixers. People don't care about you know what happened in pra- and how, how many catches Mac Hollins had in practice today or, or Shelton Gibson's route running or Nelson Aguilar's whiteboard it's just nonsense and people know that they're not it's all draft it's all NFL OTA fodder it's nonsense and no people are too smart for that the Sixers are it's real meat there like the Sixers the content is real what they will do in the draft at number three how they will approach free agency what how Embiid and Simmons will look together their health you know, the way they build, Brett Brown's status. The, the Sixers are close here, and people can sense that. They can feel that, and that's real. Look, the BGN radio was on from 8 to 10. They got three calls. They did a two-hour show on the Eagles and got three calls. I've been on for two hours and talking Sixers, and I've had 12 calls. You guys inter- You guys dominate the conversation. You guys tell us what's interesting. And right now, you, you're saying, look, the Eagles will always get the clicks and they all, they'll always get the content because people care about the Eagles. But right now, the Sixers, look at the draft party, the lottery party at Xfinity Live. There was thousands of people there. It was national news. I mean, right now, what, what the Sixers have done to us is they've, cult, they, they've cultivated us. And I've, I've said, like, they've stripped us from success and and they've started this whole thing over so we've become attached to this team because of what we've been through because of the way the national media has made fun of us because of the process and Sam Hinkie and the way it's homegrown and it's our guys and that's why we love that Phillies team so much because it was homegrown and it was our guys and that's we're getting that sort of feel with the Sixers and the way Joel Embiid I mean January was incredible January was more exciting than any stretch of the Eagles season last year just January for the Sixers. And I know people, maybe that's, maybe that's an, a debatable point, but I, I'm not talking about like mass popularity with the Eagles. Obviously, more people are following the Eagles because it's the NFL, it's the Eagles. But the way that building felt, the way that, that the, the electricity in the building, it was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't like, oh, we hope we go 9-7 and seven and sneak into the playoffs. Like It was real. It was like, wow, 
we have a star player, and right now Joel Embiid and, Car- and Ben Simmons are bigger than Carson Wentz right now to me. They're bigger, and we love Carson Wentz, but those guys excite us because we can foresee it. We can foresee championships with those two. We can look, we can we are smart, rational fans, and we we know the Eagles, man. They tell us every June that they're going to be the best team in the NFL, and we we you know we're not sure about Doug Peterson, and, and deep down we're not even sure about Carson Wentz. We're, we hope and we think. We just don't know. It's too hard in the NFL. There's too many variables, injuries, ups and downs, and coaching and front office and everything. But with the NBA, we can see it. We saw Ben Simmons become the first player in 30 years in college to average 19, 12, and 5. And we see what he can do with his left-hand, right-hand dribble pass, 6-10, get to the rim in transition, mid-range, dominant, athletic, hungry, Working out, freak of nature, three times a day, eating, sleeping, chefs, determined to win. We see that grind. Rich Paul is his agent. LeBron's his mentor. We see the stardom. His dad was a pro in Australia. We can smell it. Joel Embiid, a 7-2 guy who can make threes and make foul shots. An unbelievable personality. Like That is evident. That is right in front of our face. Staring at us. Dario Sarge, the guy who said he wanted to come over early. And Howard said, when will they land the plane? And we said, screw you, Howard. He's here. Look at this guy. 30% from three coming over from a, from a foreign country as a rookie. Underrated. He looks comfortable shooting the ball, passing the ball, dribbling the ball. Another 6'9 player who can do it all. A stretch four who really does everything on the court. Robert Covington, a second-round pick, and TLC, and we see it all. And we have a coach, a coach who we believe in, who we don't need results to, to vindicate that. We don't, need, we, don't need, we don't need him to win games for us to know he's a great coach. We already know he's a great coach. We've already latched our, latched our arms around Brett Brown and say, go win, because we know you're going to win when the players get good. We saw what you did with T.J. McConnell and Gerald Henderson. And Robert Covington, we saw what, what, how you've been with those guys. We've seen what you've gone through, and we see how smart you are and how good of a coach you are. I would sign Brett Brown to a 25-year deal right now if I could. I mean, I know he's a good coach. It doesn't, I don't need him to win 80. I don't need him to win 50 games to, to prove it because he's going to win 50 games when he gets good players. Phil Jackson needed good players. Steve Kerr has good players. doesn't mean he's, you know, they're bad coaches or anything, but you need good players. That's all. You need good players. Brett Brown has a system. He's strong. He's convicted. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He has tutelage. He was with the Spurs. He scouts good players. He's been in Australia. He's he's a good NBA coach. Now the GM I don't know about, but everything else, man, we can see it and we can feel it. And that's what's exciting about the Sixers. The Eagles, are. it's the Eagles, and we love the Eagles, and we love, love the NFL. But we we can't say those things. All we can say for sure about the Eagles is they're in the toughest division of football with three teams that are really good, and the Cowboys are the favorites, and they have a young quarterback and a young running back who aren't going anywhere. That's scary, and that's real. Like, that's all we know. We can only operate off of what we know. We can hope and hope and hope, but what we know is what we know, and the Sixers are the most interesting and exciting team in the city right now. Gus in Allentown, you're on WIP. What's up, Gus? Good call. What's up? Yeah, Andrew, I I completely agree with you that the Sixers have put themselves in by far the best position to really go forward in this city. As a matter of fact, they're the only one that has put themselves in such a position. Um, I 
I think you can make half a point, or I can go halfway with you on the NBA. I think there are things in the NBA that are that you can get uh, excited about. I think the Warriors are a tremendous team. I think Kevin Durantham is too good to be true. A non-egotistical, fearless superstar. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same about LeBron right now. There's nothing about Kevin Durant that you can whine or complain about. He is, he is amazing. No, I agree. And I, you could say the same about LeBron. And you can no, really say, I can't say the same about LeBron because LeBron doesn't take the last shot. LeBron is always waiting around for somebody else to, to, to No, LeBron is not the egoless, fearless performer that Durant is. He isn't. Uh, I, dis- he, I, I disagree. Things you might say for him, but he doesn't have, and he will never get the kind of full court, you know, full aboard, everybody aboard. Let's face it. LeBron has his critics. I don't know how anybody in their right mind can criticize Kevin Durant. I just don't. I, there's, nothing, not, there's nothing in his game you can criticize. But let me just say this. Baseball, Major League Baseball, is abysmal right now. Abysmal. It's abysmal. the worst it's ever been. I agree. And, unwatchable. It's almost unwatchable. And the NFL ain't far behind. The NFL is a very, very overrated product. It's over-officiated. Totally agree. And you know, how many players do you really look forward to watch on Sunday? I look forward to watch Aaron Rodgers when he's when he's on, when yeah, he's hot. Take away and gambling I, and take away fantasy, and people don't care about the NFL. And Russell, yeah. Russell Wilson's an exciting player. Love but Russell generally Wilson. speaking, you have a robotical uh, um, dynasty in the, in, in the Patriots who really are a boring team to watch. And they win mostly because the other team self-destructs or does something stupid. Yep. Uh, and they have a coach that's, that makes everybody else look like like they're mentally challenged sandbox performers. I mean, they're just awful. I mean, yeah. the coaching and the, you know, I think you'll agree with me on this. Chip Kelly didn't work out, but this league desperately needs somebody new. They somebody need, to they need innovative up. minds. Somebody to do it's, something. Gus, how boring are, are these coaches? I agree with you. I mean, like, oh, just the, 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 the way they the way they conduct themselves. I mean, Doug Peterson is probably probably a smart football mind, but he doesn't come off like that. Oh, he comes off like a real dullard. I hate to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the call, Gus. Okay, bye-bye. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Look, LeBron, to me, right, the last shot thing. Look, this is the thing with LeBron. I think LeBron James is, is LeBron James is the greatest athlete that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I think you can make the case that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can make the case he's the greatest athlete that you've ever seen. Like, I think anybody can make that legitimate case. I think he's, you can make the case he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Jordan's probably better. The case for LeBron could be made. Um, he has a ways to go, but he's a top five player of all time. That's really not debatable. He's better than Kobe in every category. He's better than Kobe. It's not debatable. Um, he's top five of all time. To me, Magic is, Magic is LeBron and Kobe is Jordan in a, in a different level. Those two, you know, they pair with each other. The why, the reason I love LeBron James and like, first of all, besides the, the the person he is and and what he's done off the floor and the way he's you know donated and all that all that stuff and all that he's a great guy because that that matters to me. I don't know why, but the way I was raised and the way I was taught that just that stuff matters to me. The way he's a teammate, the way he likes to be liked, because that's how I would be. Like I would I would be a star like LeBron. Like I would want my opponents to like me. I would want the league to like me. I would want people to like me. I would want my teammates to like me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the personality of Jordan and Kobe, where I, where I, you know, more so Kobe, who I can, or Iverson, who you know, I, I, I've played basketball my whole life. I played in high school, and I could never take thirty shots a game. And if I miss shots, I couldn't just keep shooting until I made shots. Like I don't have that gene in me. And I think, you know, I was taught to play unselfish basketball, and that's what LeBron, that's how he learned the game. He learned to be an unselfish player. What makes LeBron not Kobe and not Jordan is the fact that he would make that pass to Kyle Korver. 
he's able to get a triple-double, drive the lane, get double-teamed, and still make the correct pass to Kyle Korver, who has an open three. Yeah, he missed his shot. But Jordan or Kobe would take that shot regardless. Like, it's blinders. It's game over. Give me the ball, and I'm going to shoot it. But that's not the way basketball's play. That's not the right way to play the game. That's not, that's not how I was taught to play the game. And that's why I like LeBron James. That's why I gravitate towards LeBron because that's the that's the type of player I like and I was. So like you know, it's just preference at this point. But what LeBron does is just you. I mean, you can't. His numbers are just insane. Like you know, all time NBA Finals triple doubles and all the most playoff points. And I mean, he's, he's top ten of all time in every category. I mean, it, it's never it's unprecedented his numbers. And yeah, he's gonna be three and five in the finals, but. The teams that he's played against and the teams he's took to the finals, we can debate it at nauseum. Who's the goat? It's fun for ESPN and all these TV channels. Who really cares? The point is, LeBron could play with MJ. You can, if you're drafting a team, you want MJ as your two and LeBron as your three. You know, Kobe's not on that team. MJ is your two and LeBron's your three. They can coexist. They can play together, and that's what makes LeBron so special. He's he can do everything. He's a chameleon. He can play every Kobe and and. MJ can't coexist. You know, LeBron is that kind of player. He is the first guy you want to draft. There's a there's an expansion draft. You want LeBron James because he makes everybody better. He creates everything. He's the motor. He's the motor for every team. And I, I just think he's. it's a rare time in sports where the greatest athlete in the game, I mean, Brady too, really. You look at Brady and LeBron and what they've done for their sports and what the what they've done off the court. You know, nothing. Nothing. They don't do. You know why they're not in the news? Because all they do is eat, sleep, and and breathe basketball and football. Like that's all they do. Brady just works out and eats kale. Like LeBron just just LeBron is ripped. They don't eat any. Like they're just superhuman. They're gonna play forever. They're just obsessed with being great. And like it, it's refreshing to me. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's too robotic for people. But you know, different players do it different ways. Kobe was did it his way. Um, LeBron does it his way, and I, I I like LeBron. I prefer that style. I can resonate with that more. 888-729-9494. Um, what else do I have on tap? Well, we're talking everything Sixers. I got some other stuff. We got questions from um, John and James before did Eagles questions I gave to Caesar, but we'll do, some, we'll do it Sixers style. They did it Eagles style. We'll do it Sixers style. Um, yeah, whatever. Other stuff. Um, We'll get into it. 888-729-9494. Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times, 1219. Andrew Porter, 1223. Talking about the Sixers and the promising future they have. And I talked about this... uh, Talked a little bit of NBA draft, and I, I I talked about Jason Tatum as the guy I think they should take with the, th- with the third pick, and uh, I know I'm in the minority, and I'm not trying to be a contrarian. There's just a lot of options, and I think that for the Sixers, they need a guy with a high floor. And I think Tatum has the second highest floor in the draft. I think he's an NBA-ready body who will score right away. I think he will be an above-average NBA three-point shooter, and I think he'll do exactly what we think he will in the NBA. And with when you have Simmons and Embiid and you have that structure – I think you can't afford to draft a guy with with more of a volatile, you know, upside downside possibility. Um, Jackson to me 
does have upside. You know, I guess he could be Kawhi Leonard if his offensive game develops, but his downside is Thad Young, and he shot 56% from the line, and he does. you watch him play, and he doesn't look offensively comfortable. He doesn't look he, – he didn't shoot many threes. He didn't, he didn't really shoot the ball at all. Most of his points come on layups and dunks, and if, athletically, if he gets matched at that size and strength and speed in the NBA, which he will – you know how does he score? How do, he's not a great ball handler. He's not a great um, offensive player. You know he he just isn't. He's he's going to score in transition on layups and dunks, and hopefully he can develop an offensive game and work on it. But to me, there there's a potential downside, and his his floor is risky. Um, Monk, I think, will be a good offensive player and, and will fit here with the Sixers at two, and, and he's a, definitely a potential option. But again, he's a six three skinny two guard who at times in college. He got shut down, and and there's just more of a risk there, and I I don't think the Sixers can afford a miss here. So to me, Tatum is the safest player other than Markel Fultz. He's going to score. He's 6'8". He's going to play the three. He's got an NBA body already. He's a smart kid with his heads on his shoulders. His dad was a professional athlete. He lived with his mom growing up. He worked, He's you know He's been through a lot. Um, he has a chip on his shoulder. I just don't see him struggling in the NBA to score. He can score really lefty-righty to the basket mid-range, and he can shoot threes. So to me, it's Jason Tatum. And I know, look, I like Jonathan Isaac. I like Dennis Smith. I like, I really like the Aaron Fox too. He just he just can't shoot. And I think if you're you have to go for fit here, is the Sixers are in a unique position where they have so many pieces in place that this is such a rare opportunity for a team to take that next leap. Um, you're not really looking for a superstar because you have to. You have to in your mind. You have Sarge. You have TLC. You have Covington. You have cap space. You have potential veterans coming over. You know, you have so much going on. I think Tatum is the fit here, and, and he's the right play at three. But who knows? There's there's so many different ways they can go. Jim in Havertown, you're on WIP. What's up, Jim? Andrew, what's up, buddy? I haven't talked to you in a long time. I know. I haven't been on in a little bit. Um, yeah. Thanks for calling me. It's good to hear from you. You too, brother. Yeah, dude. You know, I, I tell you, I think I told you before, dude. I'm gonna talk to you like I talked to my friends in the bar, friends I grew up with. So I love you know, it. we bust each other's chops a little bit back and forth. Give it to me, give it to me. I know you disagree with me. No, no, I don't. I agree. You know, I'm big time. What's his name? I'm sure you remember uh, Simmons guy. So yeah, I, yeah. Anybody who doesn't see the light of day with that kid just doesn't know basketball. I know. I can't. But you wait just said me. something that struck me a little funny right there, dude. You said <laughs> the kid got an NBA body already, dude. Did Bubba Chuck have an NBA body? No, but he was ridiculous. I mean, he's number one overall pick. I'll give you an old school one, dude. You remember, you're probably not old enough, but you've probably seen films. I know you're a big basketball junkie, too. George Gervin, dude. He was the, the, the slightest built guy, I think, in the whole NBA. Yeah, no, he I'm just, not. Yeah, I'm not. You're, I, 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 yeah. I'm not hammering you for it. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, of course, there's an anomaly. No, I'm just I'm saying that's, an, that. that's yeah. a positive attribute of Tatum is that he does have an NBA body no, for a small forward. Yeah. But, yeah, there's sure, obviously yeah. good counterexamples on your part. Yeah, right, right, dude. But uh, I was going to say, you can't coach height, you can't coach speed and strength. I mean, you can you can talk them into it and try to get them bigger, but some body types, dude, unless you want to, you know, excuse me, um, do steroids or something. Like Doc was right. in great shape, but he was thin build, you know? Right, right. I mean, like Iverson was, was obviously small and whatever, but he averaged 20 points as a freshman at Georgetown and 25 points as a sophomore. Like, he was clearly an elite score so like regardless yep. of his body um it doesn't and monk looks like he could be an elite scorer too he averaged 19 at kentucky so i yeah i like monk you know, too his 
basketball crazy as I am, Andrew, I do not follow college. A little bit I do during the season, and I will. I definitely watch the tournament. Right. That's when I get in tune all of it. Right. But I really don't know these guys really well enough. Nobody really stood out to me a whole lot. Yeah. But I've seen Monk is really good, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and Jim, I think that's a little bit sometimes, Um, you know, we as fans, we look to – media and we look to radio and tv and youtube and internet for you know more so information on these college players because it's just hard to follow college you know at, at all yeah. these conferences so you guys you see, I'm, a, I'm a caveman dude when it comes to what's in the computer stuff and I, mean, I used to do a little bit but i got bored with it i find television just as interesting right so you yeah and there's been there's good guys on tv and you'll he'll hear but it's hard to learn yeah. about these prospects we kind of like the narrative gets out there like Jackson or whoever, and you kind of yeah. have to go off of what we hear. Um, so it's 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 different. It's who you like, and I don't know. It's, it's a good draft. Whatever happened to ESPN just showing me nothing but highlights, man? I can't stand their what's the name, sports center anymore. Yeah, because, it's all talk stuff now, man. Yeah, yeah and th- thanks for the it's call, all- Jim. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hang up for you. I thought your point was done, but um, yeah, no, ESPN is that's it's because. Again, Jim obviously he says he didn't use he doesn't use computers on the caveman, but I mean we can get a highlight. I mean I don't need to watch I haven't watched Sports Center in years because I mean I watch Sports Center. Think about I was just talking to my roommate about this, my my friend, and um, we were saying like how crazy was it that like the NBA Finals would happen and you to watch the highlights you'd have to watch Sports Center like you couldn't go on YouTube or Reddit or Twitter. Or Facebook and watch the game or highlights or anything. You'd have to wait for eleven o'clock sports. You'd watch the same sports center over and over again. And then, like, if you go even back further, we would we would wait for the newspapers in the morning. We we watch the scrolls for scores, the ticker. It's like it's so archaic now. You literally just go on Twitter, search anything. I can get LeBron's dunk. I mean, anything you want. Speaking of LeBron's dunk off the backboard, I put this in my notes. Because I saw this tweet when I was getting ready for the show, Chris Broussard, who's fine, I don't dislike him, but um, his podcast title or like he tweeted this question, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and this is like an example of the media cycle now and the way like we react to these things. But he tweeted, "Was LeBron's dunk off the glass most spectacular in Finals history?" What? What the heck kind of question is that? Wasn't he? He was like caught in midair and it was like kind of awkward and he dunked over. It was cool. It was great. And like he's the best player, great. Like, but like, this is the best dunk. What are you going to go through every dunk in NBA Finals history? Like uh, his dunk, his dunk in Game Four was better. Like, it's just, or it's dunk in Game Three. I mean, like, I don't know. That's what we do now. It's like we see something, something happens, and we react like greatest ever. Like LeBron has to be like greatest ever, greatest of all time. Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Everything's all time. Everything's greatest of all time. But it's just weird. It's so weird how we're doing that all the time now. The greatest clutch shot of all time. It's just Durant's moment where he lived for this moment and he needed that shot. It's his all-time shot. Like, what? He just hit a shot. He hit that shot a million times. And look, we're so results-based. I talked about this with Brett Brown, but we're so results-based in sports. Here's another one of my rants. But, like, we are so focused on what happens. So, like, for example... The Golden State Warriors go up three games to nothing. They they literally win a game by 
a shot. Like they were down, they were down five points with three minutes to go. They come back and win the game. They're up three zero, and now they're talking about the Warriors are unbelievable. What are we going to do next year when it, they're going to win six championships in a row? Literally, they're going to win. They're going to win forever. They'll, they may never lose another game. Like they are so good, it's unfair. LeBron's going to L.A. How will Paul George come to Cleveland? How? What will LeBron do? It's Unbelievable. The next day, Cleveland drops 86 points at halftime and wins 137 and 116. Cleveland is literally inches away. If Durant's shot is one inch short or one inch long, it's 2-2 and it's a tied series. And Cleveland's the defending champ, not Golden State. And they split the regular season series 1-1. Obviously, Golden State's a better team, but can, can we calm down a second? Cleveland's pretty freaking good, too. Kevin Love, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's the best one-on-one player in the game. Kevin Love's an amazing power forward who can shoot threes, and LeBron's the best player in basketball. It's pretty close, and if some crazy miracle way Cleveland wins game five and comes back home for game six, in, I mean, who knows? It's, it's not outlandish. I mean, Cleveland should have won game three. It should be a 2-2 series, and Game game one was pretty much a blowout, but game two was pretty much close through three quarters. Cleveland State hung in there. It wasn't a it wasn't a complete blowout. And obviously Golden State is more consistent. Their offense flows and their their jump shooting is more consistent. They don't rely on their shot as much. Cleveland is more streaky. But I mean, it's not this the separation isn't enormous. Golden State's not gonna win the next ninety five championships. We need to take take a deep breath and relax. I mean, everything is so results-based oriented. I didn't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant didn't need to go to Golden State and win a championship to prove anything. He was already the second-best player in the NBA on Oklahoma City. We all saw that. We've all acknowledged that. He doesn't, he doesn't now all of a sudden, oh, Paul Pierce, passing of the torch, he's the best player in the NBA. Why? Because he hit one shot and won two games? LeBron's been the best player in the NBA for 12 years. Kevin Durant's been the second best player in the NBA for eight years. Steph Curry's been the best point guard in the NBA for the past four years. Klay Thompson's the best 3 and D player in the NBA for the past three years. Draymond Green's the best all, second best all-around player to LeBron. And um, Kevin Lo- Kyrie's the best one-on-one player, and Kevin Love's the best stretch four who can shoot threes. That was established like in 2014. We've seen that for the past three. We didn't need this NBA Finals to, why do we keep rewriting the narratives? Like, this guy's the best. Kyrie's handles are amazing. He's the best one-on-one. Kyrie hit the shot. We saw it last year. He dropped 40 last year. These guys are who they are. We don't need, Matt Ryan isn't all of a sudden a good quarterback because he won 12 games and went to the Super Bowl. Look at Matt Ryan's stats for eight straight seasons. He's thrown for 3,500 yards. Like, Matt Ryan's obviously good at football. Why does, just because his team got better and they stayed healthy and they got a couple lucky bounces and now they're in the Super Bowl, doesn't make him the, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback now. And just because he lost the game and Brady came back doesn't make him bad now. Like, it's just, it's, why can't there be some stability in our opinions? Why, why are we so flexible and so, like, flimsy on our opinions? I have an opinion on a player and I stick with it. I don't care if Tom Brady goes 2-14 and 14 next year and throws 100 interceptions. He's still great. Like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, there's certain players and coaches that are established. They are established entities. 
Mike Tomlin and the, the, these guys are Andy Reid's a good football coach. It doesn't he can go four and twelve with the Eagles and get fired, but you can't just completely ignore the last twelve years where he was the second best team in the NFL for twelve straight seasons. Like there's no stability in sports, and it's all results based. It's so results based. We have no foresight. We we have no foresight to say. Well, we we say well, Ben Simmons. I don't know. How can you say he's going to be good? Never seen him. What do you mean? You can say, well, he's the number one pick, and he won three straight high school championships, and he had 19-12-5 in college, and he's 6-10. I don't know. I'm going to guess he's pretty freaking good. Like, it, I don't need to see Ben Simmons average 22 points and win an NBA championship for me to say he's good. Like, I think he's going to be good because he was good in college. It's just we're, we're very results-based in sports, and we need to be validated based on a lot of times on wins and losses too, and especially like in football with quarterbacks, it's crazy how it's like it. They're not even on the field. Like Brady wasn't even on the field when Russell Wilson throws the interception, and he's oh what a comeback! Brady did it again. <laughs> like Brady's a great quarterback, but whether he wins, LeBron doesn't. If LeBron loses the finals or wins the finals, it's not going to change my opinion on LeBron James. And I I don't understand like if he comes back from three zero now. He's better than Jordan. Why? He, if, if you think he's better than Jordan, then he's better than Jordan. If you don't, then you don't. But he's an established player. He's played 12 years in the league. So he's, he's 32. You know exactly what LeBron is. I don't need him to win more championships to show me who's better. Like just because Kobe is 5 and LeBron is 3 and Magic is 3 and Bird is 2 and blah, 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 Kareem is... Bill Russell is 11. Like it, it's so arbitrary. That's my rant. Is that good? Yeah, I think I think you summed it up. It's arbitrary. For twelve thirty and 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 twelve thirty eight, I thought that was a pretty good rant. I felt good on that for the most part. There was a couple of points in there where I disagreed with myself. Like you know when you like say something and you're like, eh, maybe not. But I just like kept going with it. <laughs> Andrew Porter show. Um, we're gonna do some questions next, like Sixers question. We'll do that next segment, I guess. It'll be fun. I'm kind of out of stuff. I have my top five TV shows I wrote down. It's like the cheesiest topic just to get some conversation i was like trying to plan the show tonight i'm like what the heck am i going to talk about it's june 10th only thing that's interesting is the sixers i talked about the sixers 12 calls 12 calls in two hours see people know people dictate it i don't know 888-729-9494 andrew porter show wip sports times 1239 Andrew Porter Show, 1245, Vince Quinn at 2 a.m. Look, we were just talking about my, my rant with the results-based thing. We, me and Caesar were talking in the break. There's no better example than, than in, the, in the NFL, fourth and one. Fourth and one from the 50-yard line. Coach goes for it, doesn't get it. All day on WIP, we're killing Doug Peterson. But no one will acknowledge that, well, fourth and one from the 50-yard line, you can either punt or you can either go for it. It's probably a tough decision i don't know it's hard like you don't know what you would do he could have made either decision and if it works you love it and if you don't work you hate it it's crazy yeah it's nuts i'm sure like the ev is like all positive for both sides it's probably not like a big like oh you should you should definitely not do that like on either side of it's like exactly. you, know, you got the game takes uh you know where you're at in the game the situation it's all but we only care about the result and that's how it is and like we would literally want the coach fired if the running back like uh remember when like um 
I don't know. It was like the, the Redskins, game? The Redskins no. game two years ago when DeMarco Murray fumbled, and it was like we were freaking out about like, oh, it's just like football is crazy. Like Wendell Smallwood fumbles. And how is it yeah, the Look at the Lions fall? game, the Ryan Matthews The Ryan fumble. Matthews fumble. Yeah, it's like coaches can only do so much. Like we are so results-oriented, and like that's just how we are. And I don't know. That's That's just the way sports is, and it's kind of. It's just, it's funny. It's funny. It's frustrating. LeBron is LeBron. Like, once once you become established, you're established. And I guess it's just the way the media the media circulates. You know, they need to come up with storylines and they need something to discuss. But sometimes, sometimes I just think we, not create the narrative, but there's just nothing to talk about. Like, there, some things go better unsaid and there's better ways to talk. Like the Eagles. Okay, the Eagles right now, it's June 10th, right? And the Eagles are a really interesting team, I think, like to an extent. Carson Wentz is extremely interesting to me in his second year. Their, Alshon Jeffrey is, I still, I think he's underrated as an NFL wide receiver. I think he's really, really gifted, and people haven't seen that exposed because he was on, on such a bad team in such a bad situation, and I don't really think the fans quite I don't think Eagles fans really understand how good this guy is yet. And I think that, I think that we will quickly. Uh, and that's really exciting to me. I don't know if a Garrett Blunt moves the needle as much as people think. But, but I think Alshon Jeffrey really does. Uh, I think Jordan Matthews is underrated. And people are talking about trading him and how he's only a slack guy and this and this and this. But if you, but if you look at what, Al, what Jordan Matthews does on the field and how he, he drops balls, no doubt about it. But his work ethic and the way he runs routes and what he's able to do as a slot or an outside receiver, and, and look at his numbers in two years in the NFL in, in really bad quarterback situations, he's really been a strong player. Uh, and I like Jordan Matthews a lot. I think he's an underrated player. Even Ertz gets killed here, and he's up and down. I don't love Ertz, but like he's a solid NFL tight end. The offense is really well-rounded. The offensive line is strong. And as long as Wentz is good, the offense is really exciting. And Doug Peterson... As much as I, you know, I'm not sure about him. I don't love him. Uh, I don't think he's that, you know, articulate. I guess is the word. But he's a smart offensive mind, and he really, he really does get creative offensively. He has really nice packages. Um, whether it was Andy in Kansas City who taught him all that stuff, or whatever it is, uh, he he's pretty creative offensively, and he did a good job last year of, especially in the red zone, short yardage, you know, moving tight ends around, doing all that motion stuff. He's good. He's good at that. And um, I think Schwartz is a solid coordinator. He could be in the defense. There's a lot of talent on defense. It's an exciting team for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the, the rookies, obviously an exciting storyline. But the way we cover the Eagles sometimes is just, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like that guy. But I just think the way the beat writers cover the team, it just, we get wrapped up in the wrong things. And it's like Doug Doug Peterson's at the press conference, for example, and they say, the question is, hey, Doug, uh, do you guys have any interest in Jeremy Macklin right now? And he goes, no, not at this time. And that is the story that the beat writers rush. They all rush. Who can get that out first? Because Macklin's a headline, and that's the story. But first of all, one, obviously the Eagles don't have interest in Jeremy Macklin. It's, it's June, and they have the receivers, and Macklin's 30. Two, what, Doug Peterson wouldn't even know if they had. And Doug Peterson's the coach. He wouldn't even know. They might not even tell him if they, they. Howie Roseman could have signed him ten minutes ago, and Doug wouldn't even know. He was just there at practice. It's like, and 
what do you think Doug's going to say? He's lying. So he says no at this time, no. But he doesn't know what the, how to answer that. Why, why doesn't Doug Peterson? That's when this is where Chip Kelly, I would agree with, when he would get snarky because, or when NBA athletes get snarky with the media because how could they ask that question? Like, Doug Peterson should say, hey, uh, Steve, Steve Perry, whoever asked the question, I don't know, Jeff, Tom. I don't know. I'm the freaking coach. I have, we, we just signed Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. We have Jordan Matthews under contract for another season, and we drafted two receivers. I'm going to guess we're probably not interested in Jeremy Macklin. Maybe there's a couple of extra dollars in Hallie Roseman's drawer, and he can figure out the cap, and Macklin wants to come here. But just because he, I mean, it's, use your common sense. And the fans don't, like, we don't really, that's not interesting. That's not interesting to me. I, I, Elliot, I love Elliot Shore Parks. He's actually a friend of mine, and he's a good guy. He tweeted June 8th at OTAs. He tweeted, um, Rasul Douglas is running with the ones today. Good chance he starts week one. What? Dude, what? It's an OTA. He can tweak his ankle at any moment. Like, like that kind of, that's the kind of stuff that just irritates me. I just think sometimes, and like we dictate, we dictate content that the media in sports media. Now it's so infiltrated. There's so many different outlets and there's so much going on that we have to be more responsible in the way we produce content because it really matters. I think like to an extent, obviously it's sports, none of it, none of it matters, but to an extent it matters. And this is what happens in the, in the political landscape to an even greater extent. And that's, I, I don't even can't even comprehend that, but just in sports, like we need to be a little bit more responsible. And that's why blogs like Barstool have really hit because what they do is they make fun of mainstream media and they basically they're doing what I do. And they're like, Jeremy, Matt, like, why is this a story? This isn't a story. So they don't have to report or they don't have to hit any traffic goals or any, you know, they don't do anything by the book. And in turn, everyone's more inclined to read it because it's real. So, like, sometimes you just need – Eagles beat writers don't need to pretend that everything matters. Like, you can – like, sometimes if you're an Eagles beat writer, you can say, like, you cannot tweet one day at practice and say, like, nothing happened today at practice. We'll report back tomorrow. Like, that's okay, too. But, like, that's not the way it works. That's not going to – that's not – it's going to – I guess you need a certain amount of clicks or you need a certain – I don't know. I don't know how it works, but – it's just, it's all fugazi, some of it. So, like, I, I think we need to be, and that, that goes into us as consumers, too. We need to understand what matters, and we need to sift through the important content, and I, I guess not. But it's too hard for people because, like, for me, and I, we're in the business, we're in the industry. So, like, sometimes I or you, or like, we we know we know more than, like, we think, like, oh, everybody saw that story. Like, everybody read that. Like, I don't need to talk about that, or I don't need to say that. Like, everybody knows that. But, like, not everybody's, you know, people work, people have full-time jobs, so people want to read up on the Eagles, and they read, like, they just feel bad sometimes. It's nonsense. Or, like, someone will read an article. I hear someone say, like, Ben Simmons isn't motivated. He might not be motivated. He he just wanted to sit out so he can get his bonus rookie of the year so he can get, win rookie of the year and get more money. I don't really know if he's motivated. And I'm just like, if I was Ben Simmons, man, I would be like, that is so unfair. Like, how could you say that about a guy? You don't even know the guy. Like, we're just, what are we doing? You know? And it's like, ah, it's 
it's like that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. So, like, there's a way to say it. You know, there's a way to say it. Like, I'm not sure where he is. Or, like, Carson Wentz, you know, I'm not sure on Carson Wentz. That's a fair assessment. I think he'll be good, personally. I think he's a great – I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But if, if, if you don't, you know, that's a fair assessment. And you can, you can illustrate that. Sometimes we just – the media just – Drives me crazy sometimes in sports, and like LeBron is like the biggest example, man. LeBron is the way they. We were talking about that in the break. The way they overanalyze LeBron on every play and every shot and every miss and every win and loss is just crazy. And Durant too. The Durant thing is another thing. I disliked his decision to go to Golden State, but just because they're going to win a championship doesn't like validate me. For disliking his reason, like all I did was dislike his reason for leaving, deserting the Oklahoma City Thunder. I never doubted that he's going to a better situation, you know, better off his career. There's no debate there. It's whether morally, like you think, like I wouldn't have done that. He just lost three one, in to that team, and you went and joined the team. It just, it's a, the semantics, the, the the optics are just not okay to me. That's just awkward. That's weird. Obviously, he's going to better his career and he's going to get a championship. But to me, I don't need Kevin Durant to win a championship for me to say he's a great player. He was a great player before the championship. The rest of the media and the fans do. Most majority of the media and the fans need Kevin Durant to win a championship, or they'll say Kevin Durant was a great player, but he never won a championship. Like Charles Barkley was a great, Charles Barkley was a great player. Played against Michael Jordan. Like I, results based. All results-based. I'm still doing this rant. It's a 30-minute rant. It's all results-based. Like the, all the results Elliot based. Shore Parks thing. Oh, he saw uh, him uh, working with the ones or, or something. So, oh, it's too, week one, definitely working with the ones. Great example. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. It's, what does working at the – right, exactly. Like, he could have been working with the twos, and he still could start week one. Right, it, right. Like, they, the Eagles are going to evaluate him regardless of who he's working with, and they're going to decide who plays with the ones. And, like – if Byron Maxwell gets an interception, he people, oh my God, great cornerback. But if he get lets up a touchdown, he's a bad cornerback. And that is not true. That's not how you evaluate a cornerback. A cornerback's evaluated based on speed, strength, ability to cover, line of scrimmage, hands, ball instincts, understanding of the game. All those things go into it. So when a cornerback lets up a touchdown, it doesn't make him bad. That's just part of the game. You know, players get beat. Sports are sports. Mike Trout strikes out. It doesn't mean he's bad. Mike Trout can go 0 for 21 in his next 21 at bats, but then he, you know, he's still Mike Trout, and when he steps up to the plate on the 22nd time, 888-729-9494. I'm going to get to these questions. I, I swear, but these, um, I just keep this. That I couldn't get off that rant. I couldn't get off that results-based rant. Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times, 12.57. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 